When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Next man. We have the glorious, the greatest, the future Super Bowl champion 49ers taking on the Los Angeles Rams this week. Uh, Look, the game line, by the way, San Francisco minus eight over under at 44 and a half. I think the over under is about right. And San Francisco minus eight, I think is about right. I don't think they're going to drop the ball the way the Seattle Seahawks did last week. Plus, San Francisco has always owned the Rams, not just on the field, but in the spread as well. That's always been a thing. So I'm going to lock in San Fran at minus eight. It looked fantastic. I was at that game, by the way. And it's, you know what, guys? If you haven't been to a football game or you haven't been in a while, don't try to get the expensive seats down down by the field. Get it up in the upper echelon where we were in the nosebleeds because you actually get to see the plays develop. It was it was a really it was a fun time. Speaking of Brock Purdy or the <clears throat> future Tom Brady, uh, he's coming <laughs> in my QB fifteen. <laughs> I had to get that in there. He is my QB fifteen. He is a streaming option in my book, mostly because they have the Rams this week. Giants next week and Cardinals the week after that. If you had Aaron Rodgers, you took a quarterback late and you got screwed. You're looking for options. I think he can be a viable option from that standpoint. Easily, easily could have two touchdowns in each of those matchups. That's what he's been doing. I don't see why that would change. Does anybody have a problem with him being a QB 15? No, I've got him at 13, so... Yeah. No, so you're, you're I like more him. I like him this week. I like Chase him. really thinks he's the next Tom Brady. I like it. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> Unless you're talking about the next guy is going to retire and move on and marry models maybe. But no, but 13, I like him, Matt. He's got too got many it, weapons around it. him. Well, yeah, that's it. And with those good matchups too. Uh, our, our boy, I'm just going to call him Kaye at the last, uh, oh, has boy. Stevenson, Dylan, Gibson, pending trade, and Algier. So I guess running back is weak. That's why the trade was offered. Yeah. yeah, that's probably why the trade was offered. But again, even if you're offered the trade, don't feel compelled to take it. Never put yourself in a situation to not maximize your points. And in that situation, you're not maximizing your points. So that's why we're telling you not to do it. Uh, Matthew Stafford, we're not going to play him this week against the Rams. Obviously, we're playing Christian McCaffrey. I do want to talk about Kyron Williams and Cam Akers and the fiasco that was the Rams' backfield last week. <laughs> Chase, I'm going to have you take this one away, man. Once again, the second year in a row, Cam Akers supposed to be the guy. He's going to be a top 24 running back. He's supposed to be the lead guy. He doesn't have much competition. And we walk into week one, and he's the backup. And not That's just the backup. That's what I'm saying. You're like, what is going on, man? Go ahead. Take it away. Just picture it. Sicily, September of 2022. Now, probably nobody was playing fantasy football, but if they were, they were checking out their, their iPhone 13s, and they were going to look at the results from week one. They were going to see that Daryl Henderson 
took 82% of the offensive snaps for, for the running back position there. Cam Akers didn't do jackass squat. Got, got out snapped horribly. And yeah, Henderson, meanwhile, was running the ball 13 times. He caught five, five all five of his targets. It looked all of a sudden everybody's running. Oh, shit, we got to go at Daryl Henderson off the waiver wire, or we've got to elevate Daryl Henderson from the RB5 that we drafted him as. And then, you know, three weeks later, Daryl Henderson is literally out on his ass uh, and hasn't been seen since. He showed up in Florida for all of 15 minutes and then left. Uh, listen, don't put any don't try to read into what the hell happened last week in terms of like, Oh, this is definitely the future now of the Los Angeles Rams backfield. Look at the, I mean, Cam Akers over the last month of last year was just, he was just too good. He's over five yards of carry. He caught nine out of 10 targets. He looked like, he looked like a running back that they, that, that they should be using. Now, Kyron Williams is, is talented. I'm not saying there shouldn't be, or won't be a role for him here, but don't be, panic bailing on cam Akers because we've we've literally seen this before we literally just saw it 12 months ago so just calm down have some dip maybe temper your expectations for cam Akers for for a little bit here but don't be panic bailing if, if anything if you can get somebody to sell them to you for a good cheap deal yeah if you're needy in the running back room and somebody will give them to you for cheaper than than what you think you should have paid for him or what you would have paid for him, you know, draft capital wise, it's worth a look because listen, this running, this, this offense is going to have to get points wherever they can get the points. And Cam Akers is a source of points for this offense. They're going to use him eventually. Everybody calm down. I'm not all that excited about him necessarily right now. Like I said, you may have to temper your expectations. I've got him as a flex play at best right now. So yeah, I'm not heard of this earlier. Uh, he played 28 snaps and they gave him 22 carries. He was not put in a position to succeed. It was Chris, like exactly what you said. They telegraphed to everyone in the stadium. Oh, acres right. is in. It's a run play. He was just not put in a, a position to succeed. Like that's the entire thing. Yeah. Isaac, by the way, yes, yeah. we are answering questions. So if you have it, go ahead and fire away. Here's that's exactly why I'm not dropping Cam Akers, but I do buy the idea that Kyron's starting running back because it, Cam Akers wasn't getting his carries until that game was well in hand. And he double doubled his snap account against him and also was always out there when it was a passing situation. Now it didn't amount much to targets because for some reason the Rams and since Scott Todd Gurley have not thrown the freaking ball through a running back. I'll never understand why. Uh, but this is something I buy into where Kyron is at my RB 36. So therefore teetering flex play over Cam Akers. And I think he has to be ranked ahead of Cam Akers right now. I don't want to play either one against San Francisco this week. this week though, if I can at all help yeah, no, I, uh, let's talk week. about Brandon Ayuk and Debo. Let's talk about Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. Uh, Ayuk, I have him one spot ahead at wide receiver 18. Compared to the ECR, he's got him at wide receiver 15. And I have Debo at 19, which lines up with the ECR right there. Some people want to push Brandon Ayuk all the way into the top 10 already. And I said, hold on, slow down. Again, as somebody who's at the game, Brandon Ayuk was phenomenal. He was he was open all the time. But there was a couple of plays where Debo came wide open across the middle. The play was just designed to go elsewhere. And I think Debo would have a bigger stat line had Purdy held on to a half a second and made that extra read, too. Both these guys were involved almost the same clip. Debo had four more routes run, only two less targets, same opportunities because he had the two carries. So they both had eight opportunities in this game. And Brandon Ayuk was just phenomenal. 
We've seen how you go off in the past, and then we'll have one week where it's all of a sudden it's back to Debo Samuel again. I love it. If IU can keep this up consistently, I think he's hit the point in his career where he should be able to do that. But Debo Samuel is still going to be involved. So I'm not going to push Ayuk into my top 10 as a result of that and have this wide gap between the two. Chris, do you see this any differently? I kind of do. I think Brandon Ayuk deserves to be near top 12 at least. Um, and I think that he's established that over the, since the end of last year. Um, you saw him be Brock Purdy's preferred target. I know you talked about the targets and different routes run for Debo Samuel. What I see the eye test is Brandon Ayuk is a greasy who gets open consistently, can make big plays while they, they kind of create opportunities for Debo Samuel to be involved. Even up to the play calls and the reads. Is Brandon Ayuk's one of the guys he looks for. It's usually for Ayuk in the outside or he looks for the Kittle or somebody in the inside to check down. I don't see Debo being the primary read in a lot of the things, especially down the field. So I think to me, Ayuk's a guy who he loved explosiveness, he loved the route running, and he loved the connection with Brock Purdy since he's been the quarterback. So I, for me, Brandon Ayuk's a, 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 definitely a nice play this week. Um, and versus the Seattle defense, it's getting kind of, you know, got a lot of build up for what they were able to, well, I shouldn't say what they did, but what they were able to kind of be exploited. I think this is a Rams team that you can definitely exploit the secondary. And I think that what we saw last week is not going to hold water against 49ers offense. You no, talked about I, their I, opportunities. You talked about their opportunities in the game. Last year, Debo had 20 more opportunities on the season than Ayuk did, and Ayuk still outscored him by almost 60 points. Debo, aver- De- listen, 2021 was so much fun to watch. Debo's an electric player with the ball in his hands. I love that. But the way that he's used and the points in- that he's going to get off of his opportunities, he's going to get he's going to get 1.25 points per opportunity. That's what he's going to do. Last year, Ayuk had almost two points per opportunity last week. He had four. Ayuk, Ayuk is just, he's hes going to do more with the targets that he has on a consistent basis. I think he's the, he's taken over as the number one receiver on this team. No question. Debo is a fun, fun player, but he's just, he's not going, he's not returning the value that we had to take him at in drafts. And I'm, I'm, I'm out on Debo in terms of, in terms of seeing him as, any kind of elite or must-have plug start option. Whereas Ayuk, like you just said, Chris, I see as a borderline wide receiver one play. I have him as a high, high wide receiver two. I think Ayuk is a guy that I want in my line. If I own him, I want him in my lineup every single week. Yeah, and I don't disagree with that part. I think you want both these guys in your lineup every single week. Debo's a wide receiver, too, and he was drafted as a wide receiver, too, this year. So I don't think the ADP on that, what we saw in the week one, I don't think that that goes against what you drafted him as value-wise. And let's not forget, last year, Debo had the fat suit on. This is a different in shape Debo, too. <laughs> That's just where I, I think it's going to be a little bit different from that sense. Uh, we got some questions piling up here. Isaac, first time playing fantasy. He has Pat Furmuth and Cole Komet. He's, there's Hayden Hurst and Luke Musgrave out there. There's Hunter Henry he can claim. Basically, he's trying to figure out what to do at his tight end position. If you just want somebody for this week, I do have Hunter Henry ranked ahead of all of these guys that we're talking about for this week. But I still like Pat Fryermuth when it comes to season long, especially with the injury to Deontay Johnson, because I think his volume will take a hit up. What do you guys think? Yeah, I tend to agree. I mean, I think this isn't a huge choice. I think you can kind of ride with what you have right now. I think Farmuth is definitely the guy you keep. Now, maybe you can move on from Cole Clement. Maybe look for an upside in a Musgrave or look for somebody more consistent. Um, but I think you can probably hold you know, what you have and just be just as content with that as well. 
Uh, Steven, what's up, fellas? Had an offer. I gave away Gibbs, and I get Walker and Mike Evans. What do you think? Why am I drawing a blank? Kenneth Walker. I was drawing a blank on who Walker was going to be. We're sure that's uh, Mike Evans. <laughs> I'm going to assume Chris it's Mike Evans. Evans. I would hope. <laughs> um. I would pro- I would do that deal. I think that's a yeah. fair two-for-one deal, especially in a half-point PPR. I think Gibbs has maximized value as a full-point PPR. So I like Kenneth Walker. He's the lead back. I like Mike Evans there. I would I would probably do that deal myself. Ten to agree? Okay, cool. Let's move on here because I want to talk about Puka Nakua before we move off of this matchup real quick. Is that sustainable, what we saw? Is Puka Nakua the next Cooper Cup? Is there really even such a thing as a Cooper Cup? Or is this a Sean McVay offense and how they scheme it up? <laughs> Adam, what do you think, man? He's not the next Cooper Cup, but he is really good. And I think first and foremost, more than anything else, Sean McVay had some really good scheme stuff. I think that uh, applied to Tutu Atwell more than anyone else. I thought the way that he got him open was really really smart from Sean McVay. Uh, but I think more than any of that is that this is the Stafford that won the Super Bowl, and this is not the Stafford from last year. This was a very, yeah. very sharp Matthew Stafford. Some of, I mean, like, again, this is Super Bowl-level Matthew Stafford. Uh, I was really impressed by everything I saw from him, um, and I think that's a big part of it. Him throwing to Puka, I, I think, I do think not to this degree. He's not going to be getting 15 targets a week. Uh, but I do think him being a name that we're going to get used to in the fantasy sphere uh, is a real thing. I, to me, he reminded me almost of when Galladay came in young. Uh, he played really, really physical. Obviously, he's a little bit more inside than Galladay was. But just from a physical receiver that Stafford can gun it to and can take the hits over the middle, I do think Puka is that. I don't yeah, think I he's my- the next Cooper Cup, but he could be the next. he could be the next 2020 Robert Woods in that offense. I like that. That's when Cooper Cup comes back, we've seen the number two. We saw what Odell Beckham did when they brought him in. We have seen the number two receiver in this offense be a good fantasy, not just usable, a good fantasy piece. Puka can be that. So. I agree 100% because they need somebody to be that. It's not Van Jefferson. It's not Tutu Atwell. I do think it would be Puka Nakua. I do have him at wide receiver 36 this week. So back in wide receiver three flex play against a tough match against San Francisco. Uh, but he probably would still crack my lineup. Uh, George Kittle, you got to play him even though he's not 100%. I got him at tight end seven. Tyler Higby, I don't know why ECR has him at tight end 14. Like he's a bubble start this week. I got him at tight end 20. Give me one game where he did anything at San Francisco and I'll, I'll give you that. No way. Uh, let's go to our next match.